Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. A great day for talk radio, by the way. We've been discussing this transit plan by the provincial government. And I wanted to dwell on that a little more extensively. Uh, it's interesting, though, because, you know, when it comes to anything that this particular government does, uh, I guess they're going to be criticized by the usual suspects. Adam Vaughn saying, well, it just lines on a map, something that uh, the Simpsons would drop, like Homer would be capable of running a line from the Science Center all the way down to Ontario Place. But nonetheless, uh, and then they say, you know, really, they're all about just the shiny objects like uh, legalizing tailgate uh, parties and things like that. (laughs) Well, you know, if you really want to get critical about people and legalization, what about the federal government and pot legalization? StatsCan just came out with a report, and what it says is uh, people are paying more for pot now, now that it's been legalized, and substantially more in certain precincts. So, and it looks like with the Americans, uh, as they go towards greater legalization, stateside, uh, they've got, I guess, 10, 11 states now. Federally, it's still on the books as being uh, verboten. But uh, as they maybe soften those laws, the Americans are just going to vacuum everything up in terms of production distribution. So this thing could be slated to become an underwhelming success. And we'll talk about that. But as to the transit file, oh, and by the way, Catherine Swift, Buzz Hargrove going to weigh in at the bottom of the hour. We got a regular Wednesday roundtable discussion. And uh, being from a business slash union background, Mr. Hargrove certainly is. It's kind of interesting where uh, Doug Ford has promised to put a cap on public sector wages how that will play out, uh, there's a potential for a teacher strike at the end of their contract, August 31. How should Ford approach all of that? We'll get some insight from Buzz Hargrove and Catherine Swift. But right now on the matter of the transit file, you heard Jeff Urick, the transportation minister, at the end of the last hour explaining how it's all sweetness and light going forward. Uh, and they're proposing to have the feds involved as well as the city. The mayor was actually chuffed about it earlier today in a press conference. He seemed rather confident that this could all be done. Uh, Let's find out how Steve Monroe feels about it. He's an author and the Toronto Transit Advocate. Steve, good to have you back on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. What do you make of uh, certain criticisms at first blush? What are your thoughts? Well, the the thing I can't help thinking specifically about the line Adam Vaughan was criticizing is that nobody seems to know exactly what it is. I know that uh, uh, the mainstream media who are out at the press conference this morning in Etobicoke, uh, you know, were trying to get answers and couldn't. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've posed questions to the minister's office and silence reigns from that quarter. Um, it's really rather strange to have a major new transit line like this announced that seems to be little more than a piece of spaghetti dropped on a map from a you're, great You're height. talking about the Ontario Relief Line. The Ontario Line. line. Now, there are parts of it that are, you know, they're basically recycled from the original relief line that the city was working on. But the part that gets down to Ontario Place, the route's kind of vague, and exactly what area it will serve is somewhat vague. So, for example, um, I know there's been mention of, well, you know, it, it could pick up people from Liberty Village. The only problem is the map doesn't show it going anywhere. 
anywhere near Liberty Village. Um, similarly, the the part to the east, there's the route up to uh, the, the route up to uh, Don Mills and Eglinton, which will probably go through Thorncliffe Park. It's certainly been talked of as Thorncliffe Park. Mm-hmm. But you know, the basic question is, why can't they just produce a map that shows here's like maybe two or three basic routes we're thinking of of doing this thing on, so that we can all have a discussion based on something realistic rather than just a vague promise of a line. Uh, and I think, frankly, the province undercuts their own announcement that could have been stronger if they'd put more flesh on the bone. Right. Uh, for example, going up to the Science Centre uh, on the relief line that uh, would head north from Pape, and then they've got to cross the Don Valley uh, and the parkway. It's going to be an overland route, a bridge. Yeah. But it's a vast expanse, as I mentioned to the minister. I mean, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye. That's where uh, the Don Valley Parkway really broadens. Yeah. Well, it's 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 a wide um, it's a wide valley at that point. Uh, right. But uh, it's certainly not impossible to build a bridge. And given that we'll only have to have it's only two lanes wide to carry uh, transit trains. It's not like you're building, you know, something for the 401 to get across the valley there. Mm. Uh, the, you know, an analogy I would give anybody who knows uh, the Edmonton light rail system will know that they cross a very large valley, comparable size valley, the South Saskatchewan River, to get from downtown Edmonton over to the south side to the University of uh, Northern Alberta. And they basically, they tunneled, they decided to tunnel down a certain level to the point where the bridge sort of fits nicely across the valley, and then they tunnel back up on the other side. So a bridge is not out of the question here. I, th- I think it's kind of a red herring to talk about a bridge there. I just wondered uh, whether this was even, let's say, necessary or warranted, uh, but the minister said, well, you got the Science Centre, tourist attractions, things like that. Well, I'm... I have to say, Jeff Urich is an absolutely frustrating person to listen to as minister because sometimes he advances totally the wrong arguments in support of transit proposals. The reason you build to Don Mills and Eglinton is that the line would go through Thorncliffe Park, it would touch the west side of Flemington Park, and it would connect with the Eglinton line at Don Mills and Eglinton, where there is about to be a massive redevelopment of the former IBM lands. Right, Celestica, right. Quadrant. So the reason you go to Don Mills and Eglinton is that there are lots of people there to serve with a subway. It's not like you're building out to, to the Science Centre in the hope that a few more tourists will show up on the weekend. Right, and that hooks up with the Eglinton Crosstown. So Eglinton Crosstown, well, the, the Eglinton Crosstown is, is kind of interesting because it's being played as, well, we're putting it underground, but so, then when you read some of the details that have come out, it's not all underground. And the main, the main issue in Etobicoke has been there's an area east of Highway 427, basically from Martin Grove over to about Royal York, where there's serious traffic problems that are a function of the fact that originally there was going to be the Richview Expressway there, which was never built. And so Eglinton Avenue was having to carry traffic that's coming off of the 427 and the other highways out there. You know, this is being dumped on a local road that should that wasn't designed to be an expressway. So that's the section of the the really critical section of the line that they're going to put underground. But other parts will be on the surface or on an elevated structure, particularly the section going up uh, into the airport. So, okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's a case of putting it underground where it makes sense to put it underground, but you don't have to have it 100% underground. I'm guessing that uh, running it off line one, let's get back to uh, this Ontario line, yep. or the really uh, going from Osgood Station on Queen, uh, 
down to Ontario Place. That's all got to be underground. No? That's all going to have to be underground. And of course, that area is all fully developed. Uh, exactly how they're going to, you know, what route they're going to take to get from point A to point B. The uh, uh, who knows? I mean, the map that was published shows it kind of wandering over to about Bathurst Street. But you know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to build a subway tunnel that makes a hard left turn at Bathurst. It's going to have to turn under other stuff. So the degree to which it can follow local streets as opposed to tunneling under existing buildings remains to be seen. And of course, if you go down far enough, you can tunnel under buildings because you know you got the earth above or even uh, bedrock. Um, but again, there's it's the absence of details which is so frustrating here. You know, uh, when you talk about tunneling under existing neighborhoods and so on and so forth, wasn't that the reason that the Allen Expressway, uh, the extension there, was killed? I know you were a big proponent to uh, stop that project, weren't you? Well, I, 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 that, <laughs> the Stop Spadina project dates from the very early days of my being involved in, in transit and city politics, and it was, a, it was a battle that I watched, but I wasn't involved in. I was certainly happy for it to happen, but it wasn't one of, it wasn't one of my specific battles. But yes, the Allen would have had to be tunneled um, south, you know, to get under Castelloma and then emerge uh, onto Spadina and would have, Spadina south would have been uh, sort of like the Allen Expressway is today north of England, if you can imagine that going down to south of Harvard Street. Yeah, would we have been better served if that project had completed? No, because one of the things that was actually quite amusing recently, the um, um, because of the the changes in development patterns downtown, which are in great part possible because we did not turn downtown into the destination of a whole network of expressways, is that there are actually, because of all the buildings that have been built that people live in, there are now more people who actually walk into downtown than would have driven into downtown on the, on the Spadani Expressway. Again with Steve Monroe, author and Toronto transit advocate. Let me ask you about uh, the provincial commitment, uh, $28.5 billion, and, you know, that's, again, assuming there are not going to be cost overruns. Uh, the minister doesn't feel that'll be the case, but let's just leave that. But are you at least encouraged that the province is deciding to take the bull by the horns? Because, I mean, the city's vacillated on this for so long, a lot of people just, you know, lost interest. Well, uh, there's two points here. Um if you take it at face value, the province, the province's attitude that, well, even if we don't get as much as we hope or even anything from the feds or the city, we're going to launch these pro- projects no matter what. Well, that's fine, but in four years, Doug Ford may not be in office, and, that, and so projects that haven't gotten far enough along that they're committed, a future government could say, hey, wait a minute, we're on the hook for a lot of money here. Uh, but the other point is that uh, I, what I worry about is that, in effect, we may vacuum up every dollar Ontario can find to spend on Toronto Transit. And one of the things, it was at the press conference, Jeff Urich talked about how, oh, you know, everybody's complaining about the subway, it's falling apart, it's not being, there's a lot of deferred maintenance. Well, gee, he's wanting to take responsibility for the existing subway, so how many pennies has he set aside in his budget for money to do maintenance on the existing TTC system, never mind all the extensions he wants to build. And, and of course, also, the city will be looking for money for the extension of the Eglinton line. We're talking about the Eglinton line out to University of Scarborough mm-hmm. and the waterfront line, which is very important because of all the development that's happening on the waterfront. So, you know, there's a lot more projects, both capital projects and ongoing maintenance kind of 
lined up around the block waiting for provincial funding, and there's absolutely no sense of wherever wherever any of this money is going to come from. Are you at least encouraged that the sunk cost to date, the $225 million some people are uh, ballparking, will be integrated for the most part, he says? Well... Again, if he'd actually produced maps showing how the new lines line up with the old lines, I might be more inclined to believe him because, again, the pro- the question is, uh, what exactly do they plan to build, and how much does it, how much of the design work done to date uh, can carry over? Well, I guess he means the Scarborough subway that was slated to be one stop is now going to be three. But uh... well, it'll be three. But the uh, the distinction there is that. Um, the stop at Scarborough Town Centre is going to be moved, so all of the design work that was done for Scarborough Centre Station is out the window. Uh, The stop at Lawrence is net new because it was dropped from the project a while back. And, of course, the line, the entire line, from basically Ellesmere north to Shepherd hasn't been designed yet because originally the line was going to veer west and go into Scarborough Town Centre. So there's an awful lot of work that, that either hasn't been designed or where the design is no longer valid because of the route being changed. All right. Well, he's also talked, <laughs> Minister Urich, of newer technology being used, a uh, smaller gauge track in that relief line. That's, that's on the relief line, and we're, what I think he's talking about there, and again, details would have been nice because, you know, everybody's speculating on, you know, everything from monorails to, <laughs> you know, hot air balloons or whatever. The, the, the thing is that there are lines elsewhere in the world, and, and one that a lot of people are probably familiar with is the Canada Line in Vancouver, uh, appropriately named by analogy to the Ontario Line, that connects downtown Vancouver with the airport. And it runs using uh, smaller trains, completely automated. Some of it's elevated, some of it's underground. Um, and that, I suspect, is sort of generically the kind of technology that he's talking about for the Ontario line. Yeah, they, they are. Driverless trains, actually, is what they're uh, yes. projecting out 10 years. And, and of I mean, driverless, there are driverless trains all over the world. And actually, the part of the young subway that's already been converted to automatic train control could run driverless if you wanted to, but they don't intend to operate it that way. Mm. All right, well, I guess uh, the takeaway from all of this is the devil's in the details. The devil is most definitely in the details, and particularly the ability to actually accomplish more than doing a whole bunch of engineering studies over the next couple of years without actually building anything. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, There's still three years in the Ford mandate, and uh, getting shovels into the ground seems to be the priority. We'll we'll follow up. I appreciate your time as always, Steve. You're welcome. You got it. Steve Monroe is an author and Toronto transit advocate. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.